Welcome to the Force Matters podcast, powered by Motusi. I'm J.D. Romick. And I'm Jonathan Ang. We're here to have disruptive, inclusive, and informative dialogue at the intersection of technology, research, and clinical practice. Our promise to sort through the BS so you don't have to. Our focus is what matters to your musculoskeletal health. Welcome back to the Force Matters Mailbag. I'm J.D. Romick. I'm John Ang. And this week, our topic was, what types of things do you do to get buy-in from your patients that doesn't involve an outdated or less effective modality? And now John was just asking me some questions about this, like, what do you mean, like, what types of things do you do to get buy-in? And I talk about, like, the, the, the theme of PT is saying, I only do massage to get buy-in from my patients. And then he says, who does that? So I feel like a lot of PTs do or used to. That was kind of the pervasive theme or the pervasive thing that kept getting picked apart by evidence gurus in the PT world that were saying manual is an ineffective modality. It doesn't really get people better. But how do we keep our patients around? If there is this theme of modalities, okay, we'll get that out of here. So what do we use instead of massage? What do we use instead of these things that our patients are like, I just like to go to PT to get a massage? Yeah, can I stay on that for one second though? I would love you to. Because let's use like a really simple case of like a, a TKE or even just an ACL or something like that, mm-hmm. right? Like, and we, you have a ton of experience in this. We both, we both do. I, I, sometimes people are really painful. Totally. Right? And if I can play a role in bringing down that pain just a little bit, even if it is not evidence-based and blah, 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 but like if I can do that for them in order for them to keep, like for them to keep their progress going this way instead of kind of being like, fuck, it just really hurts and I don't want to go any further. And then they kind of fall off and they have something to look forward to like every couple weeks or whatever it is that they're coming in on a schedule. I'm okay with doing that. I'm going to push back on your cases because I think TKEs and TKAs and ACLs and these post-op patients do require some amount of hand, not hand holding, but leg holding mm-hmm. or PROM or stretching or mm-hmm. something that's going to actually physically get them better, even some swelling management if you use those some techniques or whatnot. Yeah, yeah, to get the swelling out. So. These are cases where I don't know that the patients are coming back to you for the touch. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Or if they're coming back to you because it's necessary for post-op and they need they need help. Mm-hmm. I think the cases when you get some of those chronic pain patients that maybe they have a rotator cuff tendinopathy, cross-friction massage the tendon, that will get new blood flow to the area, that will help you feel better. On the whole, doesn't get the problem solved. Same with like low back pain. Do low back massages help people get better? There are some evidence or some articles that talk about TENS units and and those types of things actually being helpful for low back pain and fibromyalgia where you have these like complicated pain disorders Mm -hmm. that maybe some type of nerve or body stimulation in a different way does help. But all in all, it's the idea that if this patient that maybe doesn't need PT I want to get in for more visits to get more profit or to get 
my schedule full. If I can just massage them and they'll come in, mm. it's a really easy case. Maybe get them moving a little bit. They'll keep coming to see me because I Got massage it. them. I don't just make them exercise, but I massage Got them. Got it. So I'm wondering because yeah, okay. So let's take manual off the table then, and let's go. Well, like, but like manual, you said, soft skills, right? But manual, the... manual can still be on the table when it comes to like tendon scraping or different things that people think you're breaking up adhesions where it's really like you might just be hurting the mm -hmm. connective tissue and bruising it a little bit. So. And that might flare some people up that say there are plenty of articles about A-STEM and scraping and all these cupping and all these different types mm -hmm. of things that help people feel better, get them more blood flow. But overall, things that get people better may not be those. But I do hear you on, if my patient's really painful, if it's an acute injury, if they don't want to move, can apply to non-acute. Manual isn't always bad to reduce pain, mm -mm. to manage pain. Mm -hmm. So I will be on your side with that. I'm on your side with most things, actually. So it's it's not that I'm anti, but when it comes to getting buy-in, how do we get patients to keep coming back aside from doing that stuff? And that was kind of the question I threw out. Mm -hmm. We yeah. talked to some of our podcast guests, mm -hmm. and there was a consistent theme of patient-centered care Hmm. which I think we're a keen, we're keen yeah. to, and we're, we follow patient-centered care, but when your patients actually feel seen, heard, and understood, like most humans, yeah. they like the relationship that you develop with them. Mm -hmm. That would be something that I think stands out in all of our answers and a lot of you know, PT um, conversations that I've heard about how do you get buy-in from your patients? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and and you know, like you said, patient-centered care. It's to be more specific about patient-centered care. It's sometimes being a partner along in that path, right? So it's so it's maybe moving with them, mm -hmm. right? It's not standing there and telling them what to do it's actually doing it with them right and maybe maybe fudging a little bit of you know aches and pains or whatever but like having that empathy for them and be like shit that was really hard yeah <laughs> you know and yeah you know and them you know you doing it with them and you experiencing it with them and helping them come through with it and and them getting that experience going oh, yeah it's hard for hard for him or her too and it's and it's you know it's hard, but I just did that, right? Mm -hmm. And you know the encouragement, and uh, and and I, this is going to be really, really subtle, but it's it's making those little fine tune adjustments for them, and maybe their positioning, or maybe the progression, maybe reducing it or progressing it a little bit further for them, and and really emphasizing that this is, you know, this is personal for you, mm -hmm. right? That you know you're really personalizing it for them to to enable their success through that, right? Yeah. Um, I also think breaking down your patient's beliefs about what they can and cannot do, rather, more so what they can't do. Yeah. And like you're saying, building that confidence, walking alongside them while they crush their goals is really powerful. But I do think, you know, patients come in with stories. Oh, my mm -hmm. chiropractor said this about my back my my other pt said yeah. this about my back and right. you know big shout out or to my like, primary care you know says everything's fine yeah 
<laughs> and they don't feel seen. And I think, you know, shout out to like Steph Allen and Zach Gabor, who we've had on the podcast. If you haven't listened to their episodes, go back and listen. But the Level Up Initiative kind of took this idea that PTs need to be able to dispel these beliefs that our patients have about themselves and give them their life and their 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 yeah. empowerment back. Like we need people to own their health and not be victims of the medical system or the people that say, ooh, you, your back is way out of alignment, your hips are out, you really have to come back and see me. Mm-hmm. I think the disempowerment that we have from our patients or that we that we used to have with patients is what took away their trust in the medical system and it took away their trust in whoever they saw that told them you'll never be able to do x again and how deflating that is nobody wants to go to the doctor and be told they can't do what they want to do Mm -hmm. but they want to be told what their parameters are what their guidelines are based on their physiology and their tissue healing are based on Mm -hmm. Um, maybe they have chronic pain and their tissues are fine, but they actually just need to expose their body to a little bit more load a little bit more often Mm -hmm. and their lower back won't, you know, uh, gripe at them anymore. Or maybe they're getting a ton of repetitive use with their back and they need to move differently. So I think PTs empowering their patients or kind of dispelling some of these myths about how fragile the body is, has really been a winner for me. Hmm. Yeah. So... And I would, what I would hope that would mean as well with just so that we're being super clear for people that it's not just telling, it's also showing yeah. our patients that and showing them through their experience, mm-hmm. right? And which goes in part with that sort of walking on their journey there. But totally, um, I think that ruffles my feathers a little bit sometimes when I, when I hear, you know, PTs say like, um, you know, I, I don't even touch my patients anymore, right? It's like mm-hmm. touching doesn't need to be massage, right? But it, like touching them is really like is meeting them when they are, like putting an arm around them maybe when they need an arm around them, right? Or or giving them a little bit of support somewhere, mm-hmm. right? Or not putting your hands on them and pushing them when you can tell that they want that push, yeah, right? Even uh, assessing range of motion of a lower extremity, getting them on the table, seeing what they're hip extension looks like on the side, seeing what their knee flexion extension look like. I think when patients feel thoroughly examined and they feel like they've been seen, maybe you don't rub them down or maybe they they do want a full body massage. They have so much stress in their life. Then you can start unpacking like, what is stress, you know, what, what alleviates stress for you? you know what, I'm going to recommend that you go and get a full body massage and take some time for yourself. Can you ever do that? I have recommended massages for people with severe neck tension. Yes, I I do want them to come back and see me, but sometimes they need to move more and sometimes they need to get out of that stressful environment because the pain's going to come back. Mm -hmm. So giving them that knowledge of if you continue to live this life, sit all day, uh, carry your tension without having any form of release for it, you're gonna come back and see me for your neck pain. Am I gonna work on your neck right now? Am I gonna work on your range of motion and stretching and you know, maybe a suboccipital release or some of these techniques that do feel really good for people that just don't relax? That can be life-changing. So if you don't use your hands for the things that you've been trained to do, I do think you're doing your patients a disservice. I think you have a skill 
And the way that you assess it doesn't have to be, look like you're a massage therapist. I think it can look yep. like you're a skilled clinician that knows how to thoroughly evaluate or at least assess and make your patients feel like they've been seen. Yeah, that soft skill of understanding what your patient needs in that moment, that day, I'll argue is what gets your patient coming back because mm -hmm. that is truly patient-centered care. They are listened, they feel listened to and heard yeah. and their immediate issue or concern was addressed, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say that that name, that neck pain, right? Well, they're not gonna exercise if their neck kills. right? So if we can bring down that pain and send them off and say, okay, come back again when you're broken and I'll fix you again and we'll keep you moving, right? Like, yeah. but the idea is that you know, the, the the if there's a balance of scale like hands on, and you on your own strengthening is like is down here. I tell them right off the bat, like yeah, we might be doing a little bit more manual as we get going, but this balance is going to shift, right? And over time, mm -hmm. as you get stronger and stronger and stronger, you're only going to need me whenever you actually do, right? Yeah. Not all the time, right? But that is this is that this is what's going to happen, and mm -hmm. um, and this is what I expect to happen, and this is what will happen as you strengthen and whatnot, right? Yeah. But, I recognize you, I hear you, this sucks, you can't do it, but you get a little bit of help and boom, you feel mm -hmm. a lot better. So yeah, I, that, that's that, that it, what whatever technique, I'm like essential, separate from any technique or anything, it's like you said, it's that centered hearing them, listening to them and, and what do they need right then yeah. in order to keep them um, doing what the evidence is, says needs to be done. Yeah, and then the last thing I'll say is you know, if we get our patients on plans and we tell them a rough outlook for the next however many weeks, months, days, you know, whenever you're with them, I think they also feel so much more empowered. So leaving your patients feeling like I have somebody who has a plan for me, who knows what I should be doing, who I trust, who's written it down or videoed it or something so that I have it. And then you set an appointment. If you wanna see them twice a year and just tell them, hey, we do these types of check-ins or I would love to be your movement specialist or your movement expert, let's get together a couple times a year and just keep tabs on them. If you're a clinic director, it's a great way to keep your business flowing. If you're not and you're just you're a staff PT but you just really like your patients and you wanna keep them, I don't think it's a bad thing to do that legwork and, and to keep people on your schedule, you'll definitely feel fulfilled working with people that you like to work with and you're keeping people on plans and, and continuing that trust and building that trust. And I think it's just something that we don't have anymore. Sometimes we think, I'm just gonna show up to work and whatever comes through my door comes through my door. But I think when you put that personal touch that I'm gonna create a plan for you and I'm here for you and I'm gonna stick with you, I think, um, I think you're building yourself a better community and a better world. So I think that's the last thing I'll say about that. I love it. But I love it. We appreciate you all tuning in for our uh, Force Matters mailbags. If you want to DM us, find us at Force Matters Podcast on Instagram. You can also email us at Force Matters Mailbag at motusi.com. If you have an idea for a mailbag or something you'd like to discuss, you can also send those in. But we'd love to hear your thoughts in the comments. And until next time, keep moving. You've been listening to the Force Matters Podcast. We appreciate you tuning in and really want to hear from you. Visit us at our website at motusi.com. Our new Instagram handle is at Force Matters Podcast. 
DM us there, participate in our Force Matters mailbag segments, and just keep following along. Until our next one, keep moving.